Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Mike sent me a note, so Steve, check out the story, but you probably can't do it because it's too political. Uh, and I don't do a lot of stuff here that's overtly political, meaning that I don't come on here and say, well, one side did this and the other side did that, and this side is wrong, and they're always wrong. I don't do that. I don't do that. However, if something's legal, I'll touch on it, and I've got a couple pet topics. I'm going to let you know right now, I'm going to be talking about a Supreme Court justice, which might sound political, but it's not. So I'm going to tell you right now that at the end of the discussion here, I'm going to explain to you the huge mistake made by the Supreme Court justice, and some of you will be able to guess it. So if you guess it while the video is still going, and I haven't gotten there yet, feel free to chime in with a timestamp and go, Steve, 304, I know what you're going to say. If you can, do it, please. If you can't, just hang on for the ride, and I'll get to it at the end. But if you're watching the video and reading the comments, you're going to see a bunch of people jumping right in going, I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> so this version of the story is from Jalopnik. So Jalopnik doesn't get heavily into politics either. Headline, Justice Clarence Thomas bought an RV with a loan that was later forgiven. That's according to a report. The Supreme Court justice is under scrutiny for buying a recreational vehicle with a loan that was reportedly forgiven years later. Jose Rodriguez Jr. wrote this for Jalopnik. I used to write for Jalopnik. got friends there. Guys who used to work there are still friends of mine. And what I'm going to tell you right now is it is, to me, irrelevant which side of the spectrum you consider Clarence Thomas to be. He is a Supreme Court justice. So from here on out, I'm going to refer to him as the Supreme Court justice. It wouldn't matter to me which of the nine justices did this. If any of them had done this, it would be in the news. So let's just, let's just do that right now. So a Senate inquiry found that the justice failed to repay most, if not all, of a quarter of a million dollar loan that funded the purchase of his 40-foot RV. Loan documents show the justice borrowed $267,000 back in 1999 to buy a Prevost, as the New York Times reports. According to the inquiry's findings, the justice borrowed the money from a wealthy family friend to buy the RV. He paid back only a portion of the interest, although that payment is also in question, and he was given an extension on the loan. The loan was forgiven after having been satisfied, but the justice's attorney has been unable to provide any proof of payment. And the lender has likewise been unable to prove that the justice repaid much of the loan before it was forgiven on the basis of the terms being met. According to the Times, the uh, lender, in response to questions from the finance committee, shared loan documents dated 1999 showing that he lent the justice and his wife the entire purchase amount at an annual interest rate of 7.5%. While that rate was in line with what might have been found in the marketplace at that time, what made the arrangement unusually favorable was that over the course of the five-year loan, the justice did not have to pay down any of the principal. Instead, he simply had to make annual interest payments of 20000 $42. The principal amount borrowed would come due in a balloon payment on the loan's maturity date. In December of 2004 was the maturity date. But in 2004, the principal came due. The justice did not make good on his debt, according to records obtained by the committee and cited in the report. Instead, the lender granted him a 10-year extension with the same interest-only terms. This despite the fact that the previous year, the justice had collected $500,000 of a $1.5 million advance for his autobiography, according to financial disclosures. Then in late 2008, the lender simply forgave the balance of the loan, according to the committee's report. 
If the Senate Finance Committee report cited by the Times turns out to be true, the findings therein are tantamount to the justice having received an RV for little to no money courtesy of the personal loan from the lender. The understanding was that the justice would pay only the interest at a rate of 7.5% on the loan for five years. Upon the loan's date of maturity, the justice would have to repay the full principal in a balloon payment. Uh, the lender pushed the due date by 10 years, but said the loan had been satisfied in 08. And yet the only record of payment that he provided the Senate Finance Committee was a copy of a canceled check in the amount of $20,000. So it looks like $20,042 that he got the one interest payment. That would have covered one yearly interest payment and still leaves four others unaccounted for as there was no record of payment other than a single check. Even if there were five yearly interest payments in that amount would have come out to a little over $180,000, which doesn't cover the purchase price of the RV Moreover, the justice was indeed forgiven the full amount. There seems to be no record of that forgiveness reported to the IRS. So if someone lends you a quarter of a million dollars and it forgives the loan, that's a gift. The IRS treats loan forgiveness as a form of income. And by the way, I said it was a gift. I'm, I'm not saying it necessarily in the terms the IRS would use, but think of it that way. Meaning that this RV loan being forgiven could bring potential tax consequences for the justice on top of the ethical implications the dismissal of debt carries for a Supreme Court justice who is famously opposed to debt forgiveness. And that's the end of the piece by Jose Rodriguez Jr. at Jalopnik. And so I'm going to tell you right now that justice in the story here does not watch my videos. He doesn't know who I am. I, I am I'm so far off that man's radar. Where does this thing keep coming from? Uh, I am so far off that man's radar that you could ask him who I am. And he'd be like, what? He has videos on YouTube. Where? What? Steve who? He's got no idea who I am. And, and I, I know that. And I'm not expecting that he would. But it's not just simply that I'm one of millions of creators on YouTube putting up videos or that I'm one of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of attorneys in America. Um, that's not why we know this. Uh, we, we, but we can carve it in stone. He has no idea who I am. Because one of the most popular videos on my channel is called Don't Buy an RV. <laughs> We're about six minutes of the video here. Don't buy an RV. Okay? So if, 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 if you came to me 20 years from now, 20 years from now, and I, I'm an I'm, I'm a, I'm a old guy on a rocking chair and in front of an old folks' home, and, and somebody whispers to you and goes, do you know who that guy is? And you go, no. They go, do you remember the name of Steve Lato? Remember that Steve Leto? He had a channel on that thing called you. Remember, remember you. Remember what? Remember the in, remember the internet. Do you remember that? Tubes and wires. Remember that internet? There was a site called YouTube. Do you remember that at all? It's a long time ago. I know that, but but do you remember that? Okay. He had a channel on YouTube that had quite a few followers, and and his videos got a lot of a lot of views. In fact, at one point, I think it was around twenty twenty three, he crossed the one quarter billion view mark on his channel a quarter of a billion views but here's the thing not everybody watched him because there's a lot of other people on youtube too there's donkey gymnastics there's all there's, there's all kinds of stuff fun stuff to watch so so you go okay it's ringing a very faint bell it's ringing a very faint bell remind me what did he talk about well he talked about legal stuff in the news because he was an attorney before that ugly incident in 2030 <laughs> 
It's my story. I get to make these things up. He, he was an attorney. And he talked about legal stuff in the news. Okay, very, very faint bell. Was there any particular things he liked to talk about? Oh, he liked to talk about cars. He wrote some books about cars. Do you remember books? They used to have these things called books. Remember those? No? Don't remember those at all? Okay. Remember, remember libraries back when they had those? No? Okay. Anyways, there was a place called a library. You'd go and look at a book. And books had things written on them. Kind of like they were on the internet later before the internet went away. Anyway, um, he had a couple topics. He liked to talk about the police. He liked to talk about the laws involving cars. He liked to talk about, oh, things like qualified immunity and, and civil asset forfeiture. Remember these things? Civil asset forfeiture, of course, is still around, but it's, it's what funds our government. You know that. But he was railing against it a long, long time ago, uh, obviously to no good effect. But, but and you're going, it, it's ringing a very faint bell. Did he write for, he wrote for somebody else too, right? He wrote for Jalopnik? Yeah. Name one topic that he'd be known for. You, oh, I can summarize it for you. Don't buy an RV. <laughs> now, if that doesn't jog a memory, nothing will. So if you go and were to look, and I'll put a link to the video I'm joking about below. But I have a video on my channel, so among the top five or top ten videos on my channel, in terms of sheer volume of views, called Don't Buy an RV. I also wrote an article for Jalopnik called Don't Buy an RV. And I've hammered on this point ad infinitum. Just, just, I've hammered on this. And one of the reasons I'm doing this is that I get phone calls, emails, messages, communications through the internet still, where people say, Steve, I bought an RV and I got these problems with it. And I have to explain to them the problems that they've got all stem from the first sentence. I bought an RV. And now here's the thing. It's an entire industry. I realize that people aren't going to stop buying RVs. And I realize also that some people will buy RVs and have a good time with them. But a disproportionate number of people drop a ton of money on an RV. And if they are the ones who pay the thing off, somewhere down the road, they're very disappointed because the RVs don't live up to the expectations. And in many states, there aren't laws to protect you like there are lemon laws. So you can buy a quarter of a million dollar RV in Michigan. It can break down on you a bunch of times. And the lemon law doesn't cover it because lemon law doesn't cover RVs in Michigan, nor in most states. People go, wait a second. I can buy a little Econo box from Chevrolet. It breaks down four times and Chevy's got to buy it back. Yes. I can buy an RV that costs 10 times as much and it breaks down on me just as many times or more and I can't make them buy it back. Correct. That is correct. And so I used to handle RV cases. I stopped. I do not handle them anymore. I used to handle them on principle. I used to actually think these people deserve better than this. And unfortunately, you wind up spinning your wheels most of the time because judges throw the cases out. They go, lemon law doesn't apply. But your honor, the warranty, breach of warranty. Well, did they ever refuse to fix it? Well, no, every time we brought it in, they'd fix it eventually. Okay, they've honored the warranty. See ya. And I had people who'd buy a brand new RV, like say in June in Michigan, uh, bring it back the first week of June because they had problems. And the repair facility said, oh, and this is just part of the selling dealer. We'll get it back to you in October. Just bought it. Yeah, we'll get in line. There's other people ahead of you. You can't just jump ahead of the line. They bought theirs before you. So we'll get it back to you in October. 
People come back, pick up their RV in October, and start taking on a trip. Mistake number two. So now it breaks down in Ohio. They call the dealer, and the dealer goes, well, you can bring it up here or drop it off at a dealer down there. Guess what a dealer down there is going to say? Get in line. We'll get it back to you in July of next year. And some of these things have one-year warranties. And I've actually had a client before whose vehicle spent its entire warranty life sitting on dealership lots, except for the one or two times of being test-driven or being driven away before it broke down again after being told it was fixed. So my advice to you is don't buy an RV. Now, if you want to buy an RV and live dangerously, I would recommend this. Rent one. You can rent an RV. Call up a dealership and go, I'm not sure about buying one, but I might want to rent one. How much to rent one for a week? Rent one for a week or two. Take it out and see if you enjoy it. See if you have any trouble with it. See if it does what you want it to do. I've met people who've done that, and they said, Steve, 10 days in, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Bring it back and never do that again. But if you drop a quarter of a million dollars in an RV, and if you pay off that loan, uh, it's possible you could get the end of the loan, end up with a fully paid for RV, and be happy with it, and go, yes, I got an RV, and that Steve Leto guy is wrong. Well, I'm only wrong in the title. Don't buy an RV. Because I can't put all details, nuance into a headline because it really ought to say, don't buy an RV unless you know what you're getting into and are willing to live with those consequences. But I can't put all of that in the title to a video. Don't buy an RV will catch your attention. You'll watch it if you understand it. Go, oh, he's warning us about what could happen so that we know what to look for and what to anticipate. And I have had people call my office both and say, Steve, Bought an RV, was so ticked off with how it behaved and how the dealerships handle it that I started doing research on the internet and I came across your video, Don't Buy an RV. I wish I'd seen that earlier. And they say, what can I do now? And I say, not a whole lot because I don't handle these cases anymore and I'm not even sure what state you're in. I can only handle cases in Michigan to begin with. Uh, And they say, well, I'm in another state. Is there anybody here who handles them? And I only know one or two people who handle these cases And they're in case, uh, the the cases are in states where the laws are favorable for RV buyers, and there aren't that many of them. So I say, well, you can poke around, but I don't know anybody. I literally only know one guy who handles RV cases uh, on a regular basis. His name is Ron Burge, B-U-R-D-G-E. He's in Ohio. He does handle cases in a couple other states nearby, but Ron Burge does handle these cases. So I've sent a lot of people to him if they call from Michigan or Ohio or a couple of other states that I know that he does deal with. But I say, other than him, I don't know anybody. It's, it's not a booming industry. And yet, if it was a car, it would be. And, and that's a strange thing about this story. So uh, as for how political this is, I don't care. I really don't care. All I can tell you is there's a guy in Washington, D.C. Uh, I believe he's married, and I believe he had a pretty big book deal, not recently. And he bought an RV. And when I heard that, I thought, okay. There's a mistake for you. <laughs> now, I don't know. Maybe he had a great experience with his RV, but it also looks like he didn't pay full boat for it, as we say. So I don't know what to tell you. Mike, thanks for sending it. Jalopnik published that. The Justice bought an RV with a loan that was later forgiven. That might be a problem, but for me, the problem was he bought an RV. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. We've taken the world apart, but we have no idea what to do with the pieces.